Welcome to the Dr. Bud Gill Podcast. I could not be more excited to have Nick Diodato here with me, who is a big dog over at VaynerMedia. And I met Nick uh, in May of 2018 when I attended a 4D session, which is the deep immersion. It's a day of deep immersion into VaynerMedia techniques and you know teaches business owners how to use social media to promote their business, essentially. And That's it's, it. It's a heavy, heavy, heavy day. Um, but um, I, you know, Nick is a very special guy. Um, he's ex- exceedingly warm, like super articulate, like sharp as a fucking razor. And uh, I, you know, the, I really with the phone conversation we had before the four Ds, like that really resonated. And since the four Ds, you know, we've I follow you on Instagram and like we we DM a bit, and mm-hmm. you know, I consider you a friend. And, uh, you know, you're a beautiful person and I'm really, really psyched to have you on my podcast because that day played a very big role in what I'm doing right now. And you were a huge part of that day. So to have you sitting in this chair across from me, man, is something super, super special. That's, um, wow. Uh, for, for so many reasons that like hits me in all the feels. Um, but I like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm like proud of you. You know, nice like man. we don't spend a ton of time together, but I'm just like, I'm looking around and I've like, I see the stuff that you're putting out and like, I'm just proud of everything that you're doing. Like I love it, it. it's all coming from the right place. That's so it's it. just been super fun to watch kind of, you know, from first phone conversation to almost 18 months later, Yeah, like what's become. And it's just, it's so cool to watch. So I am like, you know, when you're like, you got to come out to Hicksville, I was like, where is Hicksville, and I'm like, all right, I can get there in an hour Uber. I'm there, right? Yeah, man, that was took amazing. five seconds to make happen, so I couldn't be more excited to be here. Yeah, I was pretty psyched. I think I asked you on like Sunday or Monday, but it was like a few days ago. I was like immediately. I was like, let's yeah. set it up. And, and I'm super deal. psyched, man. Yeah. So this is about you, man, because you know, I think a lot of people know you, mm-hmm. uh, but don't know a lot about you. And yeah. you know, you're obviously like a huge dynamic figure at VaynerMedia. You manage the Sasha Group, I believe, right? Which is yeah. a small business, correct? Like a business my size. Small Small mid-market focused agency, uh, a part of the VaynerX family. So VaynerMedia, Fortune 500, Sasha Group, small mid-market business. Right. Yep. Or like, like my business. Correct. Um, and you also uh, moderate the 4D session, which I think has grown tremendously even since when I did it. I think I was no, I was number 19 that I know for a fact yeah. because of yesterday. So we've done about 42 of them now. And this is like one-day immersion, digital discovery and deep dive where we bring in small business operators, owners, um, and we, you know, bring them through what is, you know, a full day of coursework and workshopping in every one of the disciplines that we really hang our hat on as an agency. Uh, So influencer marketing, paid media, um, personal brand development, Gary comes in and does 60 to 90 minutes with the group. Um, And it's really been this evolution over the past year and a half since I've taken it over of, you know, these social and digital platforms are changing so fast that how do we keep up with them? And then how do we give small and mid-market businesses the tools that they need to stay on top of them? And uh, that has been, you know, for me, having a real passion for working with small and mid-market businesses has been one of the most rewarding parts of the process. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a deep day, man. It is a deep, deep, deep. Yeah, people dive. at the end of it are like come out like a, <laughs> yeah. like a, a twelve round fight, like kind of scratching their eyes, like what's good? Where am yeah. I? But uh, it's exa- It is an exhausting day. I mean, yep. it's like pretty fucking intense. Yeah, you know? I mean, I tell people all the time, when's the last time you sat in, a, in almost like a classroom type setting for yeah. ten hours? Uh, and they like think about it, and they're like, it's been a while. Um, but you know, we do a we do a ton of kind of workshopping in that day, so try to break it up. And then yeah. we do dinner the night before with everybody that's going to be in the room the next day. And I think you know one of the strongest components of the entire experience is community, right? We had you know it was great to see you last night. We had you know forty to fifty people, alumni uh, that came from uh, all over the world, and we had some of an international presence come and just hang out, chop it up with people from different classes um, and really just kind of like strengthen the community. So, I mean, thanks for coming out last night. Yeah, but it's awesome. It's just a testament to, you know, in this space of I'm starting a, I'm starting a business or I run a small or mid-market business. Um, you know, the, I think the entrepreneurial pursuit is, is obviously a, it's a super lonely one at times, right? Like, and you can get so stuck 
in your day-to-day that to pick your head up, realize that there's other people in a, a very similar position, whether or not they're in the same vertical as you or they do the same thing day-to-day is irrelevant. I think just the nature of a more entrepreneurial path or pursuit um, is what really resonates and connects people. And I'm just super lucky and fortunate that we've been able to create something that uh, provides a little bit of a home for that. Yeah, I mean, it really is exactly that. And we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast. It's just being around that energy is, like you said, infectious. And for me personally, because to be perfectly honest, like a lot of the technical stuff with um, how to employ the tactics with social media are like way over my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can grasp the basic concepts, but even like the presentation yesterday, I was like, I was like, you know, my head's spinning because it's really it's technical. Yeah, we're, we're nerds. Which is what you, which is great because that yeah. information is there, mm-hmm. right? But what I took away from it the most, and what was the most special thing to me, and really what made that day a very pivotal, a pivotal point in you know what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. was that energy, you know, like yeah. kind of just, and keeping in contact with a couple of the folks there. I um, mean, we're kind of like keeping tabs on each other and yeah. like seeing each other grow, which is it's it's awesome and. I had that same feeling last night. I'm still feeling the effects of all that empathy rosé. Good. <laughs> I was thinking, good, good, good. Yeah. And, you know, because that will wear off, but I think the, the relationships won't. Of course, yeah. And you cultivate those over time. And, you know, I think when we take a very different approach, we're, we're really playing this game forever. Um, you know, Gary, in terms of everything that he puts out into the world, I think that's one of the more consistent messages is he's playing the long game forever. And I think that's the, the approach that we're taking as well. So, you know, for us, to get people in a room and for me to you know what there was think about this for a second there's a guy that runs an acai uh food bowl truck in north carolina and there's an there's another gentleman who runs a pest control company in north carolina the guy who runs the pest control company has eaten the acai bowl truck many times that's amazing but has never known the founder of that company and for some reason, they're both at the VaynerMedia offices in New York City yesterday, and they both connect, and they're like, wait a second, you're that guy? You're that guy? You know, it's just like the world's a lot smaller than we think it is. So true. Um, and especially, you know, when we when we connect people that have this kind of DNA, um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's electric. Yeah, man. And that's crazy. And the world is it's so crazy small. Crazy you know, small. reminded of that every day. Um, but apart from all the Vayner stuff that you do, yeah. you have a fitness brand. It's like high-end fitness gear. Yeah. Uh, Active apparel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just checking out your website. Well, Wolaco, is that how you say it? Yeah. So I love this because people actually pronounce the majority of brands' names wrong, right? Like Adidas is Adidas, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's called Wolaco. It stands for Way of Life Athletic Company. So usually when I meet people and I tell them about it, I just say Way of Life Athletic Company. And then later they see the acronym and they're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Actually, that's exactly. I was like, I wonder what that means. And I went to yeah. the website. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's, yep. It's an acronym. It yeah. clicks, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. um, yeah, so I've been I've been running that on the side with my two business partners. So it's the three of you guys own the company, correct? Yeah. So I mean, we have investors, and but you know, in terms of founder co-founder situation, uh, founder uh, and co-founder, um, and you know, we've been doing that now. The company is you know we launched on Kickstarter five years ago, uh, just about five years ago. But we've really been kind of like getting out of the mud and like really starting to find our stride probably in the past two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, building something I'm super passionate about on the side and going through the process of building a business from the ground floor. And, And you know, talk about something really rewarding, finding something that you're incredibly passionate about and then building a product around it and then trying to sell it back to somebody. Right, man. Well, it, you're, I mean, you're obviously in, in incredibly fucking jacked, ripped and, you know, in great shape. <laughs> Were you like a collegiate athlete? So I, I didn't play uh, sports in college. I played throughout high school and I, I'm probably one of those um, telltale stories of a, of a kid that probably worked too hard leading up to that and got a little bit burnt out and probably uh, disenchanted with, with athletics. But I never lost track of the way that um, being active made me feel. And I think it's that feeling, right, Mm -hmm. of a good sweat or exerting your body and then the endorphin rush Mm -hmm. afterwards that I never stopped chasing. So for me, post-college, 
I didn't go into that uh, that lull that happens sometimes when you pursue mm-hmm. a more professional career path. Uh, if anything, I went completely in the opposite direction. And that's not to say that I'm um, by any means this incredibly regimented person that um, you know has you know scheduled runs and lifts. It's it's actually the opposite. I react to the way I want my body to feel. So I know that if I got um, a bad night's sleep that the last thing that's gonna make me feel better is you know, the, the bad food that I put in. It's actually gonna be going and getting on a bike or going for a run. So I'm very reactionary to how I want my body to feel. Um, and then in terms of like just you know, passion points, uh, I, you know, I, I do have a real passion for wanting to help other people understand the very holistic approach that goes into being an effective person. An effective person could mean an effective professional. It could mm-hmm. mean an effective partner. It could mean an effective uh, contributing part of your community. But what goes into that? And it's it's so holistic. It's what goes into your ears. What are you listening to? What mm-hmm. are you consuming? What are you reading? What do you put in your mouth? What are you eating? And then lastly, like how are you exerting your body? How are you moving every day? And, you know, I think a lot of people have so many interesting opinions on this. And you know, for me, it's just we're we're, we have the opportunity to be more sedentary than ever. We don't mm-hmm. have to get up to turn on the TV. Yeah, we don't have true. to like, you know, we can talk directly to Alexa if we need something. Mm-hmm. So we have the unfortunate opportunity of being more sedentary than ever. And I'm just somebody who loves moving, right? Yeah. My, my kind of mantra that I've adopted more recently is my goal in life is actually just to be, uh, be able to move freely in body, mind, and spirit, right? I don't want anything to hold me back at the end of the day. I just want to be free in body, mind, and spirit. So if I can move from point A to B as effectively as I can, I feel good. If I have the ability to kind of uh, navigate between thoughts freely, I feel good. So taking the restrictions out of me being able to move freely. I like that. You know, it's funny. I usually ask my guests, you know, what their definition of success is and to like, you know, kind of delineate it. You basically just answer that question. That's it. Me even Next asking, question. Man. Yeah. The ability to move freely. And I think we all take that for granted. We put these things in place in front of us, right, that prohibit us from moving freely, right? We create these rules for ourselves that we only do this on certain days mm-hmm. or we only do that. But really the goal for me is like if as soon as I leave this podcast, if somebody texts me and says, hey, do you want to go and do this? And I physically want to do that. I want to have the ability to go and do it. And that's not to say that um, I'm not responsible with my time or I'm not committing to my obligations. It just means I want to have the freedom to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that is move freely. I I, I like that, man. Yeah. I like that. That's a nice definition. Um, So just before we get into like other questions that yeah, I want to ask. Yeah, because this has like, this has like, this has gone in every direction <laughs> right. and very, very quickly. I just, you know, you are like in fucking amazing shape, you know, um, and what do you, what, what do you do yeah. for exercise? What's your nutrition like? Mm-hmm. You know, like do you, obviously there's some form as free as you are, there's Absolutely. some regimented aspect to keep yourself in such great shape. Yeah. Help me, you know, do this for me. Help me understand who's listening right now. In terms of like maybe what that person, it, you know, like help me understand yeah, who that might be. It's kind of like a mishmash of the guests that I've had. So yep. there's some fitness folks that are listening to this who are obviously in like tremendous shape. Got it. Um, there are some of my patients yep. who want to get in better shape. Amazing. Um, you know, I have these conversations with my patients all the time. Like, you know, the, what I personally did to transform my body. Um, and that might not necessarily be the right thing for everybody. But, yeah. you know, for me, that's what worked. Of course. Um, I mean, that helps. So, you know, I think for me... You know, I'm not a professional, meaning like I'm like you said, right? I'm I'm not a professional dietitian. I'm not a professional health uh, and wellness coach. I'm not a, a professional uh, trainer. I'm not a professional instructor. What I am is somebody who's in, insanely curious about myself. So I ask myself a ton of questions, and I've always done that. And I'm insanely curious about my boundaries. So in terms of like how you get into this shape, like. This was like from my teenage years, this is how I was, right? I was just insanely curious of where my boundaries were. So I started asking these questions about uh, about fitness super early, not how many reps do I need to do mm-hmm. to achieve this or how many pounds do I need to lift to get here. It was more of just like a 
can I ask myself these questions about my exercise and my routine and figure out through kind of self-analysis what works for me? There's a lot of discipline also, you know. I, I mean, I get the, what you're saying. Yeah. But you can't have like a ripped six-pack without, you know, Totally not eating the right things. Right, right. Yeah, or yeah. exercising in the right. And way. I couldn't yeah. agree. I couldn't agree more with you. So um, to to paint the picture, I love running. Like people don't love running because it. Yeah. it sucks at first, right? But then something happens where you break through this initial suck, and it's it's one of the most beautiful things that I think for me, right, you can do, is to be completely, so I think one of the most, again, we're gonna go in so many different directions, mm-hmm. but I think one of the most attractive things in another human bo- being is the, to have control over your body. So I, dancers or people, you know, yogis who can contort mm-hmm. their bodies, people that have real control over the way their body moves, and I think runners, right, in a lot of ways, when you see somebody running who really loves running, you're like, it doesn't even look like they're trying. Yeah, it's effortless. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And for people that hate running. Yeah. Which is like, me. I fall into that category. I yeah. think about every stride and movement. Yeah. And once you break through that initial wall, running is one of the most beautiful things, in my opinion. Right? So I broke through that wall super early, probably in my teenage years. So I love running. So I do a ton of running. Right? And a ton means two, three, five, eight, seven, you know, miles at a time. Okay. Um, How many times a week? You know, probably three. Okay. Like realistically three. And it's all, again, like it's all back to like how I feel. And that's probably because I was a little bit more disciplined early and I had a more regular Mm. routine and regimen. Did you run track in high school? So I did. I did ran. I ran the 800 and I ran the mile. um, So longer distances. So I've always been kind of a a little bit more built for distance. Mm. Um, But I I did run track in high school. uh, And, and, you know, I think that, that kind of that running probably set the foundation early for me. And then I I enjoyed lifting weights and I Mm -hmm. kind of enjoyed pushing myself physically early and I built the foundation for it. Here's, you know, I had somebody on on my podcast last week and we we were talking about this and I said, do you think it's harder, and I'll ask you this question, do you think it's harder to change your habits in your early 20s or your late 20s? Um, That's a great question. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, I don't, I don't know. I think it really depends on the individual. And I talked about this in my the podcast that I'm releasing today, which mm-hmm. is what I'm actually the guest on the podcast. Amazing. Is I didn't hit my stride until well, like that real aha moment in my life was until I was like 23, when I was in med school. Mm-hmm. Um, but with fitness, that didn't happen until I had my third, a year after I had my third child. Mm-hmm. I was um, 36 or 37. Mm-hmm when I really had like a fitness transformation and it started with a bet I had with my brother-in-law. We were, it was on Thanksgiving and my brother-in-law was in like tremendous shape at one point in his life, like just jacked, like, you know, like he's like shaped like you. Yeah. And uh, I never was in shape. I was like a skinny fat, like my whole life, you know, like the moves, the gut. I mean, I look skinny, but I never wanted to have my shirt off, you know? Yep. And we were sitting on Thanksgiving and I had a scotch on my belly and he had a beer in his belly and he just looked over he's like, dude, what happened to us? And we had a bet to see who was gonna get in the best shape by Memorial Day. Love it. So I was 196 pounds, like 20% body fat. Yeah. I got all the way down to like 154 pounds, like 8% body fat. And how long? Which, it was like a very short period. So it was yeah. between Thanksgiving and Memorial Day. Um, mm-hmm. And I was crazy disciplined, but that's how I'm like insane when it comes to things like that. That's how but, you're wired. But it was very unhealthy. Like I looked like I was dying. Like people would see me and say, oh wow, you lost a lot of weight, you look great. But then behind my back, they'd be like, dude, does this guy like die? Like what's wrong with him? Is he sick? Yeah. I mean, then since then I've slowly been putting the weight back on. Yep. So now I'm like, in the right way. In the right way. So of like, course. I'm like 185 yeah. pounds, like 10%, 11% body fat. Yep. Um, but I didn't have that fitness moment until later on in life. And I realized that I had no foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So you have that really strong foundation to fall back on. Completely. You know? And that's something that now, like having kids, I'm like, listen, you got to like you gotta wire them get early. in good shape. And that it's much easier to maintain it than build it when you're like 35 or 36 years old, you know? So, and I think that's an interesting point. And, you know, depending on who's listening, right? For me, <clears throat> I had maybe the, the fitness aspect, but I had no understanding about nutrition and diet. Mm-hmm. So I ate everything and ev- like anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And you could see it in my face, in in my energy. 
And the big unlock for me more recently, the reason why I probably look like I do today, which is probably almost in better shape than I was when I was 18, 19, 20, is because I just figured out nutrition. Right. And I just didn't complicate it in the process. There's like a list of maybe 15 whole foods that I eat on a weekly basis, and I just stick to that. And people are like, isn't that boring? Isn't that bland? And I'm like, no, it's totally not. These are delicious whole foods that, you know, like you could, you know, you could eat a pound of them and feel, you know, completely full and satisfied. So what is that? Just for my own curiosity. For sure, yeah, yeah. I know. I think it's like, you know, at breakfast, it's a combination of either oats, blueberries, Grains, raspberries, um, you know, maybe eggs and spinach and egg whites on days where I want something a little bit more hearty. At lunch, it's, you know, chicken or ground turkey, you know, rice, quinoa, and you know, a mix of spinach or broccoli, maybe sweet potato. And then for dinner, it's probably some combination of that, but maybe I'll add in a fish, mm-hmm. you know, different types of whole veggies, like really not super complicated yeah, stuff. Just eating you know? clean. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that I enjoy eating right. that's, you know, fulfilling um i'm not depriving myself of anything at the end of the day and then the big difference is is, you know for other people listening i i love pizza it's my my kryptonite my cheat meal man i love it but i don't cheat myself of anything like i had four slices yesterday and i won't go to the track and run 10 miles because i had four slices yesterday but i know that at some point i'm going to work a little bit harder Mm -hmm. right because of the way it made me feel Mm -hmm. I, I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm a little bit, I'm a little sluggish today because I literally put four slices of pizza mm-hmm. in my body. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get on a bike today because of it. So again, I think it's really important for people to map back how they feel and then right. their actions to it. Right. But you, you also are someone who strikes me as an extraordinarily evolved person. I appreciate you know? that. I mean, you are like, you're very in tune, <laughs> you know, um, so it's really easy. It's like for someone like yourself who has the mindset that you have, mm-hmm. who you're so in tune with your thoughts and, you know, your movements and stuff. It's easy for you to, you know what your body needs, right? So, okay, you had four slices of pizza. You wanted to have four slices of pizza. I mean, I do the same thing. I love, fucking love pizza. Yeah. But like, you know, okay, I'll just hop on the bike like later today. Cause that's going to make me feel better because of the way I felt this morning. You know? I really appreciate where you're coming from with that. Like I really do. And I think it, at the end of the day, it's like how curious or how, do you have the ability to ask yourself right. questions? Right. Which is, that's being involved. <laughs> Can you, I, and I, yeah. you know, and I, I guess I'm taking it yeah. for granted, like the same way that I do about the, the conversations we have around social media every mm-hmm. day and digital marketing. Like I take that stuff for granted. Like it's a part of my norm. It's a part of my every day. Um, But, you know, just I think one of the most empowering things that you can do is just ask yourself more questions. Like, why do I watch this television show or why do I eat this thing? Why am I going to this event? Like, just ask yourself and not in with the with zero judgment. Right. In return, like I'm not I'm not asking myself this question because I think it's good or bad. I just want to know why. Dude, I think that's such an amazing thing. Thing. You know, it's such an amazing idea. It's funny, when I first started working out with my mm-hmm. trainer, um, Rasan, who I still work out with today, mm-hmm. who I'm lifting with later. Shout out. Yeah, he's my man. <laughs> he's kind of like my therapist, you know, because like, I, I spent so it. much time Everybody with needs yeah. one. But, you know, when we first started working out, I said, okay, you know, like, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. And my goal was like, literally just, I want to look, get jacked. I want to just be jacked and ripped. You know? Yes. And uh, he's like, all right, we're going to do Because you hadn't had that before. Never, never. That's it. Never. And, and it's important to know. And he, and you know, I was very honest with mm-hmm. him and myself. You know, he's like, "All right, we're gonna do this like functional stuff and this yeah. that." I was like, "Dude, I, honestly, I just care about cut like, that looking out right good. now. Like, I just want to like, I want biceps. Right. I want yes. muscular. Give and me look a back. My shirt off. Yeah, you know? I got it. Um, but it's but you know, it sounds silly. Like, but you know, being honest with myself and what my goals really yeah. were is what really you know. Like, I love lifting weights. Yeah. You know, like that's what I love doing now. But it, it evolved into that. That passion developed because I was honest with myself with what my goals were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. And I think people need to be honest of where that's coming from. And with no fear of judgment in return, when you walked into a trainer, the last thing a trainer who's went, who's gone to school, who's gone through extensive training to understand how anatomy is combined with everything else, wants to hear is... Dude, help me get jacked. Right. It's the last thing they want to hear. Yeah, totally. But without any fear of judgment, you're like, hey, this is what I want. I know how I'm wired. Get me there. And then we can talk about all the other right. stuff. So now we're doing the other stuff. Yeah. Because now my body needs to do the other Which stuff. Which is right? great because it's going to serve you well when yeah. you're 60, 70, 80 years old. Yeah, totally, man. And you know that, but 
because you're taking a very long and holistic approach to this, it's not like I need to get here tomorrow. I will get there at some point. That's the long game, man. Yep. So where, where did you grow up? First of all, how old are you, man? 28. Jesus, man. 28 years old. Young man. I, you know, and I, it's like the, the age thing. I sometimes I have to, you know, like everybody else who, you know, gets asked that question. You're like, how old am I? Yeah. How old am I actually really? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 28 years old and I, I was raised, uh, I was born in Philadelphia. Oh, really? What yeah. part of Philly? Uh, so I was raised in Philly until I was like three or four. So not super familiar with, you know, kind of like where and when. Mm-hmm. But And then I, I moved to the Jersey Shore and then spent my entire childhood uh, growing up as a kid at the Jersey Shore. I always thought you were from the West Coast, man. I, you know, yeah. I, it's so funny. I get that kind of energy from people, um, but I'm full Jersey. Like it's beach, it's beachy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I grew up on the beach. Like I grew up lifeguarding as a kid at the, uh, you know, on the ocean. Every summer was spent on the sand as, as long as possible. Mom would like throw you on the beach and be like, don't come home until X time. Like, you know, I, I absolutely grew up on the beach and in the water. But at the same time, you know, Jersey's got, you know, almost the same as Long Island. Right. Yeah, we've got we've got real loyalty to yeah. where we're from. Yeah. Um, so I definitely grew up with with a big uh, with big Jersey ties. Okay, cool, man. And then yep. you got to college in Jersey also? Or? I did. So I was the first from my family to go to college. Really? Yeah. So, so you know, what did, your, what did your parents do? Do you have like, do you have siblings? Also? Yeah. No. I, so parents, uh, mom works at FedEx. She drives a truck. Dad uh, works for, uh, he does data um, uh, and cloud-based storage and hardware-based storage as well. For, so is he like a tech guy? Like- so, you know, it's my parents. This is such, um, you know, I've never really talked about them. Uh, like in in terms of like my my social presence, my personal brand, they've always been. I've always, of course, like given them um, all of the credit with the person that I've become. But I haven't really told their story uh, on on a format, right? So my my parents, I have four of them, are completely the reason why I am who I am. So I, my parents got divorced when I was when I was young. They both found people that they're, um, they both found their life partner thereafter. So I'm like, you know, every time somebody's like, I come from a divorced family, I'm like, I I come from a divorced wow. family. Do your nuclear parents get along? So they're, I think that they're appreciative of one another and what they've contributed to my brother and I's life. Um, uh, so that, yeah, I do think that they get along in that, that respect. Um, but mom drives the trucks for FedEx. My stepfather's retired, but works in a bait and tackle shop. And then my dad works previously worked for a division of IBM, not necessarily a tech guy, has an incredible story. Never went to college. Um, yeah, cause that sounds like a job you'd have to go to college. Yeah. For, yeah. He never, never went to college. He, he does sales for, uh, for this company, uh, Israeli based da- data company, but, um, he he started you know kind of selling printers and then just climbed the ladder and has this amazing story about uh how he got to where he is today and you know i think from is he me, italian like from from, he is. from italy he's not the right he's not off okay. the boat my okay. uh yeah but he uh we he he's, he's got such incredible energy uh you know italian energy you know he's he is so he's so proud that we come from an area of Italy that really is uh, almost like a, a place where peasants are from. You went back recently. I yes. was following your Instagram, you know, and your story and stuff while you were traveling. Going yeah, we've back got, to your roots, I mean, so. like, and I, and I love, like, again, we're going in so many different directions, but uh, my parents, right? So my, my stepfather, a fisherman, works in a bait and tackle shop. He taught me really how to do things with my hands. Right. So there's there's almost nothing that you could ask me to do within a home or outside of it that I wouldn't know how to do with my hands or be able to figure out. So you need me to fix something. I got it. Like people call me in New York City because obviously New York City kids are read a little bit differently. Like when they need something done, they need to build something. They call me. Right. And then in terms of my mom, she just enjoy that. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love building stuff. Right. Like built my living room table. I, I, I love building stuff. Uh, and then my mom, she, she instilled in me this incredible ability to take care of people. 
Like it all comes from my mom. She, I would, I would have friends over for, you know, study parties, like when I was in elementary school and mom would come downstairs with just, you know, like meat and cheese platters and crackers and drinks after drinks. And I'm like, mom, like go away. You know, as a kid, you're like, mom, get out of here. Stop coming downstairs. And I was like, and now I look back on that. She's Italian also. Yes. Okay. That sounds like a very Italian mom type of thing to do. Yeah. And now I look back on that and I'm like, thank God she did all those things. And that that's in my DNA. That's, you know, that's who I am. And then, uh, my, my, my father and my stepmother, my father really in terms of business acumen and relationships, you know, just really quickly, I would, when my parents shared custody, when I would go and spend time with my dad and my stepmother, um, I would get in the car with my dad and he was just hustling, like really grinding, trying to make it. And he would just be on conference calls the entire time we drove that hour and a half back to his place in Pennsylvania. And I would just listen to him. I would just stick my head against the glass and look at taillights of other cars and just listen to my dad talk to other people for hours. That's amazing. I mean, I think you must have latently picked up so much. Osmosis, man. Like everything. And people, you know, like he was doing the best he could uh, with what he had. And I would just, I would just sit there and soak it all in. And that's, that was how I, you know, till this day, I said, that's how I learned to talk to people. Yeah. I mean, you were, and that, you know, obviously I'm blowing you up here because you're the man, but I appreciate you that. were like, even yesterday when you were like standing on the chair and like kind of, you know, off the, off the cuff, just, you know, yes. kind of, you know, engaging with everybody, you have a real gift for that. You know, like you're, you know, you're an amazing public speaker. You're very poised, you're super articulate. Um, yeah, and you make everyone feel comfortable. You know, you know, it doesn't come without practice, but again, like I, you know, having, and shout out to my stepmother before, because I'm going to send this to my entire family yeah. now that, that you gave me the opportunity to give them all love. But she, um, she, you know, she took me out early and like taught me so much about presenting yourself. Like she took me out super early and like almost redid my entire wardrobe. And that was her way of connecting with me super early. But like, taught me the importance of presenting yourself properly and like just gave me the confidence that I have today to be as bold as I am, whether it's public speaking or even just being as curious to wear different things or pursue different areas of interest. She gave me a lot of confidence early. Um, and like, you know, it seems kind of, you know, like what do you mean she gave you confidence? Like giving you the confidence to wear something in a school as a kid in elementary that like none of the other kids are wearing and telling you that it looks good. And then you having the confidence to go to school and wear that and despite what other kids say about you, you're confident in who you are, just like the exponential impact over time. It's everything, man, yeah. So like parents listening, like encourage that your child to wear the funky thing. Yeah. Like we see it in movies and television shows all the time, but like when you do it, it really does work. Yeah, that is amazing, man. Yeah. So in terms of all, you know, public speaking and kind of the, you know, the confidence, I think, you know, having worked so closely alongside Gary for the past six years, you know, I've watched him step up on a stage or in front of the entire company so many times. Right. And I retain by osmosis. Like I, I watch people do things and I just, I take, I, I really watch. And then I, you know, what I do is I, I try to figure out, okay, like what is my version of that? Like, how, how can I take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and not lose my voice in the process? Because that's the most important thing, right. is my voice. You know, I think we see, we, we want to emulate people, or we, you know, we're inspired by people, and we want to take things from them, and we want to make them our own. But at the end of the day, they have to be your own. And if they're not your own, people are going to sniff out inauthenticity right. in that process. Um, so what I've been able to do, super luckily, is just... Shoot, I can shoot from the hip, right? Because I have the tools, the vernacular to be able to do so. But it's got to come from a place of real purpose, real intention. Sure. And and I think people receive that well when you do. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's obviously it's it's obvious to me. And I want to reflect that back at you because I feel that as well, right? Like having you know having been in your world for a little over a year now and just kind of seeing the evolution, you know if whoever is listening or watching, you know, I, I hope that they can see that too. And if anybody who says differently just doesn't know you. Yeah. That's it. They just don't know yeah. you. You know, I, doing this also, like as much as I've been doing it now, it's, I 
first of all, you have to be yourself. <laughs> you have to be yourself, you know. But you just get so much more comfortable being yourself. Like I think I feel like going through this, even doing this podcast, mm-hmm. um, all it's it's helped me learn so much more about myself to be much more comfortable with who I am. Because um, you know, even at forty four, I'm still evolving. Yes, you know. And but it's, it's, it's embracing that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of riding the wave but you know and being true to yourself while you're riding the wave you know you can be so curious about yourself and have so many conversations with yourself but it's this format this dialogue this feedback this you know being able to exchange thoughts and ideas with other people that give us like real world experience and perspective like more than anything else it gives us perspective like to hear your story about you know never having that foundation for athleticism or or um, sport or you know even fitness and wellness and then at that age like flipping a switch it just helps me understand how you're wired and what type of person you are right right yeah, and like no, totally man it's, yeah. you know your story makes all the more sense because if somebody meets you today they're like Man, this guy's got it figured out. Right. You know, like he's he's well dressed, he's extremely articulate, he has a successful practice. The words, the letters D and R precede his name, you know? But I don't know where you've come from. Yeah. I have no idea. You yeah, know? It's it's, it's interesting cuz that um People always assume that I've been in shape my whole life, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, no, man. That's that, that's why I think I love doing this because, literally, if I can do it, like anybody can do it. I have the worst fucking genetics for, for, physique, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's anything is possible, man. You know, it's just a matter of just grinding your way through it. You know. Yeah, I you know I was going back and forth with somebody the other day on on Instagram. I think it was yesterday, and uh, I had I had put something up, and I was I it was basically you know I'll I'll summarize, but it was um, that that big idea that you had somebody else has had before I and somebody that, yeah, else yeah. has right now, and the only difference between that big idea and it becoming a reality is your effort and your execution. And somebody commented, and they were like, "Well, you know, I think people underestimate how far money plays into that." And I was just like, ah, "Sure, right?" But when you decided to get in shape, you didn't you didn't say man, if I had better genetics. I'm sure maybe it might have passed through your mind very quickly, but you did not dwell on it. No. And that's the reason why you are where you are today. And for everybody else who's listening, that excuse that you're making up for the thing that you want to do or the person you want to be is the thing that's standing between you and what you want to do and what you want to be. So true. And like, it's not genetics. It's not the the Ivy League education. It's not the leg up on in some other capacity. It's you. Yeah. And like, I just, I love that you didn't dwell on your genetics well, as ex- the reason. I say this all the time, those little like, you know, one minute rants I do every now and then, but it's excuses versus execution. You know, like mm-hmm. it's so easy to make an excuse. I mean, it's so easy, you know, for anything, you know, but uh, the execution, the effort. Ever- this is a great line that I got from one of my trainers. He loves saying this, and it's so true. Effort is free, you know, and it's effort is free. You don't need fucking money to employ effort, and then that, that effort's going to allow you to execute, right? Yeah. So, um, so just we're obviously we're going all over the place, like you said. I love, I love it. it. Whatever. I this, think we're, this yeah. is just you and I catching up. Yeah, I love this, but I want to just go back to you know, you, you grew up in Jersey. Where did you go to college, and then how did you go from that to what you're doing now? Awesome. Yeah. So first, first person in my family to go to college um and my my parents were great they were like this is a non-negotiable like it's time we need to we need to get back on track as a family and like set the trajectory for the rest oh you knew you were your whole intention was to go to college correct yeah yeah, no it was your whole family was behind you like yes like you're gonna do this right right? you're you're the oldest right you're your younger Um, brother so i i have stepbrother uh half brothers and sisters that are older than me but none of them went to like a traditional four-year university correct so uh, first, first kid in my family to go to college, I went to Ryder University out in Jersey. Um, and my experience there was uh, the, re- the relationships that I made more so than the coursework. Did you live there? Like you lived at the college? I lived, so I have a funny kind of story about college. I got kicked out the first day of my dorm and was not permitted to enter a dorm room 
Ryder had a very strict zero tolerance policy like because of things, or something like, something that, like right? that, right? Because of things that had happened prior in prior years before I got there. So this zero tolerance policy is put in effect, and you know I, I get booted off of campus, and I go and I end up. What did you do, man? I it's like it's such a silly thing, uh, and I've actually told this story a bunch of other times, but uh, essentially I, I like got caught smoking weed okay. on in my in my dorm room, uh, and like as a, by the way, as a kid who grew up at the Jersey Shore with like a very lax uh, atmosphere, right? This was like, wait, this is, I can't do this? Right, right. Like, you know? Yeah. So, um, I guess Which is caught, crazy now, like thinking about like how weed is considered now. I like, mean, I was just out in crazy. Los Angeles and I was just like, you know, you can't walk 10 steps. Right. And like, you know, yeah. same thing in Boston. Yeah. Anyway, the, the evolution yeah, of yeah, all yeah. this stuff is incredible, right? But, um, so, so I get booted out of my college dorm room and I end up, putting out like a, a Facebook post that's like, hey, I'm looking for a place to live. I ended up getting linked up with these guys that were significantly older than me, right? So uh, they were seniors in college and had just graduated at a neighboring university down the road called the College of New Jersey. So I move in with these guys and I'm a, you know, I'm the youngest. And all of a sudden my entire perception of what the word cool meant changes overnight. The entire way I defined the word cool changed overnight. Wow. Yeah. Tell me this, about these guys. This was a big turning point for me. So um, the, the guys that I moved in with owned the house that we lived in. They had made a very strategic decision their junior year to buy a college property and then rent it out and that they were going to potentially create like a little real estate portfolio Holy in this shit. college town. How do they fund that? Um, they, one, was just had graduated and got his big Goldman Sachs check. Uh, he was working at Goldman Sachs in Jersey City doing the, the crazy commute from that part of New Jersey. And he, he had put down the payment. And the other one, um, his, his father was looking for a different investment opportunity. And he was like, you can run everything. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I think um, through that kind of, you know, yin and yang, they were able to kind of put the pieces in play. Hmm. And by the way, like, uh, housing in this part of New Jersey is not, you know, is not that expensive, right? We're okay. talking about like Trenton, New Jersey, okay. right? So um, these guys buy this place and they have this entrepreneurial DNA in them. Uh, and, and there's just incredible energy and they had so much fun, but they just like, they really had a vision for what they wanted their lives to be wow. and like real ambition behind it. So this guy, Eddie Matthews, uh, that I, that I, you know, began to kind of want to emulate, uh, that's waking up at 6am to, you know, get on the train to go to Goldman to, you know, is running out the door and running back in the door, like that kind of energy. Yeah. Right is like is like it's infectious. Totally. I mean, you're 18 or yes. 17 or 18. I'm like 18, this guy's 19 like 22, years old. 22, working at yeah. Goldman Sachs. 22, dressed, 23. Dressed to the T. Sharp guy, gonna, you, know. you know, smart. And and I'm just like this. Wow. This. These are the people that I want to be around. Wow. So my entire definition of like partying at college changed from degenerate is cool to parties, so yeah. these guys are really cool. That's cool, and that man. change in definition really shaped the person that I would ultimately become and evolve to throughout college. So going from getting kicked out in the first day to the best thing that ever happened to you. Yes. Oh my God. Like talk about life darn you curveballs and turning lemons into lemonade. Like this is it. And I actually go, go as far in the opposite direction to, I end up becoming uh, like a student admissions counselor, uh, an ambassador for the university. I'm on like print materials and brochures. I become this wow. like face you're the poster child. Yeah, kicked out of the dorm, but you're the poster child <laughs> yes. of the university. I've been going from, uh, yeah, uh, literally not being allowed in a dorm room to That's crazy, being on all man. the materials for college. It just like completely changed the trajectory. Just looking back at my own life, there's these moments that are just game changers, mm -hmm. right? There's like these pivotal moments and you falling in with these guys yes. and becoming like the poster child of the university and, you know, having that amazing trans, I mean, I guess it was a pretty big personal transformation for sure. that these guys uh, inspired, right? Yep. Um, these so, these so moments, right, are so unexpected, right? Like we never, we, we can't perceive or, or predict that this moment in time is going to be the thing that changes the trajectory, but hindsight's twenty twenty. We look backwards yeah. and we're like, 
wow, what a catalyst that was. And it takes time for that to play out. But I can clearly look back now, you know, and I was texting back and forth with with this guy yesterday. And I, you know, I text them periodically and I just say thank you because I can look back at that moment in time and go, it was so, it was so huge for me. What are those guys doing now? Do they still own that house, first of all? Uh, so they, they do, and like uh, they own like three, they own like four others, I believe. Um, and those guys now, so uh, Eddie is, uh, he went a more entrepreneurial route. Um, he works for an eBay, Amazon business um, that is the largest supplier of a very specific product and just, took all of his skills and knowledge from Goldbin in terms of business and applied it to a very different thing. And it couldn't, couldn't be in a better spot right now. Just got engaged. We, uh, he has a, a, an annual party at his place. That's always great where we get to catch up. And then the other guy, uh, basically went to college for something and then graduated and was like, Nope, I'm going to become a nurse. Um, went to nursing school and then also runs a real estate portfolio and sells homes on the side in, in, uh, in New York. Um, and he's just like, uh, he's a stud as well. Just bought he lives his, in the city. Yeah. Uh, no. So he's, he's actually North Jersey, okay. um, but sells homes in North, North Jersey. Nice man. Yeah. So those, those two guys were like the main. Yes. Yeah. Those were the, those guys were the, and you know, and it's like, it's funny. Like they, they've both achieved a degree of success that makes them so incredibly happy in what they're doing. Yeah. So it's not like I was, I needed to look up to these guys that were on a fast track to become CEOs of massive companies. It was just like, no, they're doing exactly what they want to do. And they were so uniquely themselves throughout the entire process that they weren't confused about becoming something they weren't. Right. So they didn't need to turn around and look at their life at 35 and be like, who do I want to become? They were like, no, like I know from the jump and now they're in the best place they could be by age 30. Amazing. That's ready to start the next, the next chapter. That's amazing, man. So did you study like business stuff in marketing, advertising? Okay. Yeah. I had, I had some great and early experiences in my, like, yeah, my late teens. So 17, 18, 19 working on commercial production sets. And I had some good mentors. Like these were jobs that you had? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine's uncle owned a production company. And every time somebody called out, I would get a phone call like, Hey, we need you to drive a van to New York city okay. from Jersey and like help us on this set. Um, so that those experiences were huge for me really early. And then what so though, like what, like what was huge about them? So I, people are people, right? And you don't realize that until you're on, you're in the same sphere as somebody you've only seen on a television or movie screen. And you recognize for the first time that people are people, right? We hold these people to so incredibly high standards. And then you spend some time with them and not to say that like, you know, your idols or your heroes aren't who they thought you they were, a, but they're, I, I don't they're yeah. humans, right? Yeah, I have my office in the city, I have a lot of celebrity patients, mm-hmm. like, you know, some big ones. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like when they're sitting in a blue gown in the chair in your office and like, yeah, they're just another human man, human. you know, and right? they're still amazing. Amazing human beings. Of course. That I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I can never do half the things that they do, but at the end of the day, we all bleed red, right? So they, you know, and what's great is you can recognize somebody's God-given talent when it manifests in a way like acting or mm-hmm. singing, you know, or comedy, right? Like you can, or athleticism. You can you can recognize that because it's visual. But some people's God-given talents aren't these tangible things that you can point to. It's their ability yeah. to connect with somebody. It's their ability to communicate a vision. It's their ability to assemble a team. And I think that because societally we don't hero those things as often, people aren't able to find those things within themselves and let them come to light. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. Like, So what I, what I learned super early from being on sets with, you know, I, you know, my first production set was with Nicki Minaj and I was like, people are people, right? So that, that kind of foundation helped right. me understand super early. Right. And then I studied marketing and advertising in college. I recognized that I wanted to be in because the- Because you were interested in it? I or, was, okay. I was, yeah, no, I, I was genuinely curious about communications because I kind of looked at my skill set. I was like, what matches back? Marketing and advertising, you know, conveying a message on behalf of a brand or business. And then I, I pursued that and I recognized also very early that my personality, who I am, my DNA was probably best suited in a marketing or advertising agency culture, 
right? They, we reward and we hero creativity in those cultures where in other lines of business, it's a bit more suppressed. Mm -hmm. And that, that type of creativity wasn't something I, I thought I could suppress. Mm -hmm. And while I wanted to always acknowledge my, my level to, to operate in a business capacity, the, the thing I really wanted to foster super early was my creativity. And again, 2020, looking backwards, Right. These were just a series of yeah, decisions that I made right. that got me to the place I am today. So what? So let's just talk about that a little bit, man. Yeah. So you graduated college, mm -hmm. and like then what happens? I graduated college. It took me an extra year because I I spent some great time in Spain having too much fun. Um, did and you take time off from college? So I didn't. No time off. But uh, I went to Spain, took five classes, failed three of them. Have an amazing <laughs> story about a podiatrist who wrote me a letter to map back to food poisoning while I was in Africa. That eventually got me the credits back. It just took more time to have. Happen. Like, you know, these are when, when you build real relationships with people, you can ask them to do crazy things because they don't think you're trying to get one over on them. Right. And when you sit down with the dean of students and you say, hey, I have a career opportunity. I desperately want to complete this. I know that the three days that I was absent from my classes in Spain that ultimately ended up like putting me in a position to fail by 0.5 points is now reflecting in a way. And I understand that these are the rules, but like, I promise you, I have so much good energy for this university and respect for what we're trying to accomplish here that like nothing over the four and a half years prior to the first day, maybe because of the way it was set up would map back to me believing otherwise. I'm not, this is not me trying to get one over on the university. This is me saying like, these are the rules. This is what happened. I have this letter to support. What do you think? And like, luckily they kind of, you know, they were like, okay, cosign, we're going to let you go. Like, wow. Yeah. And, and like, there's a lot of amazing people that play into that process. Uh, it's probably, you know, there's probably some, some plot holes in that story that I can fill in if anybody has any questions yeah. about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I graduate school uh, again though. You know, can I tell a story? Yeah, please. Okay. So I'm in Spain, my last semester of college. And I'm at a kiosco, is an outdoor bar on the riverside in the south of Spain. And that sounds really fancy, but when you go and you travel to these places, you know, no different from anywhere else in the world. And I, I step up to the bar and uh, I order a beer and I, I start talking with the bartender. He speaks great English. And he's like, do you play basketball? And I'm like, I do. And he's like, you know, what size shoe are you? I mean, he actually goes, would you want to play tomorrow? And I was like, I'd love to, I, but I, you know, I don't have basketball shoes and you know, I didn't bring proper, proper shoes. And he was like, what size are you? I'm like 10 and a half. And he like reaches below the bar and he, he throws a pair of basketball shoes on the counter. And he's like, come and play with us tomorrow. And I'm like, I have no excuse now. I have to go play basketball, right? right? So I meet him and I hop in this random car and we drive almost 45 minutes outside the city and it's my first week in this new city and a foreign country of a million people. And I'm like, I'm in the back seat of a car with these two strange Spanish dudes that I don't really know. Where are we going right now? Like I literally right. am the kid who took candy from a stranger right. and is now in the back of a car right. going somewhere. What am I doing? And we get to this place and there's like probably uh, there's like 10 guys all 30 and above into their 50s playing pickup basketball on this court. And I'm just like, I'm the only person that speaks only English. Everybody else speaks Spanish first and like maybe some broken English except for the guy that I came with. He co-signs on me. And I, I end up having this amazing relationship with all these guys where every week we drive 45 minutes out to the city to play basketball. And that's the thing that unifies us and unites us. <clears throat> and I, that right there, before entering the workforce, helped me understand how inherently good people are. No wow. matter where you are in the world, how inherently good people are. You know, and I know people have had some bad experiences in other places where, you know, maybe they got pickpocketed while they were visiting a foreign country, whatever, right? That is not the example of the true testament to how incredibly good people are. I think mine's a better example. So that, you know, and what's, what's amazing about this is this individual is coming to the States in August. We're doing dinner. He comes in every few years. Like, you need to keep in touch with these people yeah, that touch your life in, a, in an incredibly impactful way. So, you know, it just taught me super early to give without expectation. You know, in this world where you're just, you're just waiting sometimes for the person to stab you in the back 
or like you're looking over your shoulder because you're afraid somebody's on your heels coming for you. Like nobody's actually coming for you. Nobody wants to stick the knife in. Like that's you. And the faster you get over that and surround yourself with good people, I think the the less you'll look back in fear. Um, so Jose Manuel really opened up the door for me. Made uh, I made so many incredible relationships while I was over there. I came back from Spain, had a completely different mentality, uh, and I was ready to, ready to enter the workforce. And I think that served me incredibly well. Um, and, and that's when I like started my professional path. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it was uh, really it was really that that story really does capture. The good. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that too. Like, you know, people are inherently good and like, you know, you're good until, you know, you prove yourself otherwise. That's it. You know, but you're good at baseline, you know? Yeah. Um, so from that, so you come back from Spain, like how did you end up working with Gary? Yeah. So <clears throat> I had been following Gary while I was in college. I saw a random YouTube video about smurfing it up and following your passions. What year is this about? So uh, I graduated in 14, two years prior, 2012. 2011 is when I find this video, maybe 2010, okay. right? That's End of crazy, 2010, man. early 2011. I didn't even hear of Gary until like 2018 almost. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, so and wild. that's the thing, right? Like I'm a college kid and like at this state, the internet and um, social media is in its very early infancy stages, right? And college kids are on Facebook. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and I see this video of this guy talking to an audience, talking about pursuing your passions and following your goals and smurfing it up and I'm like, this guy is crazy. He's nuts. There's just like too much energy here. He's cursing a bunch. I, you know, like, but I watched the, almost the full keynote, right? I get sucked in and that did not convert me. Uh, but I'm in a, I was in a FedEx Kinko's and the thank you economy book, um, his second, maybe third, second book, um, is on the shelf. And I, I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to pick this up. I don't know. Just pick it up. I ends up reading it cover to cover and I reach out to him on Twitter and I say, I want to come an intern for you. He says, we're only taking interns that are going back to college or that aren't going back to college. And I'm like, I'm first kid from my family. I got to finish college. Like my mom's going to kill me. Uh, so I, I, I complete college and I find that tweet. I screenshot it and I send it to him on email. He doesn't answer. Uh, I sent so you it to, reached out to while you were in college to intern for the summer. Correct. Got it. Okay, so now you're done with college and you go back, whatever, a year or two yes. to the tweet that you sent him. Perfect. And you emailed it to him. Yes. Okay. I, I sent it to him again. I, I tweeted at him. He says, email me. I email him again. He doesn't answer. Right? This guy's getting tons of emails. Mm. He's not seeing my email. I have to break through. I find the most active person on Twitter uh, from the company. I DM them. I send them the screenshot. I send them the communication. He's like, reach out to this person. I get my interview. I get in the door. I get hired as the first photo intern. And that's when I started my career at so Vayner. So what is that? What is that exactly? 2013. And what's photo June intern? June 27th, 2013. Wow. So I was the first staff photographer at VaynerMedia. Really? Yeah. So this is like 2013. But this is like, that seems like a glamorous role. But when you think about it, the agency's 100 to 150 people. Social media is in its infancy stages. Yeah. Like you could, for the first time, you can post photos on, you can post videos on Facebook. You know, like the first time Instagram is brand new, mm-hmm. like, you know, to the general public. Like people are just figuring this stuff out. So when, when we say staff photographer, it was like, he's the best with an iPhone. Right, right. Yeah. And I do have, you know, I uh, a hobbyist. My, my father was a hobbyist photographer. I got my first DSLR camera when I was, you know, 13 years old for Christmas. So, you know, wielding a camera is, is, was kind of my thing. Yeah, I mean, even like your Instagram, you roll through your Instagram. It's yeah. like they're very artistic I shots. Love, and I cool. love yeah. photography. You know, again, fostering that creativity mm. early. That's, you know, it, it paid dividends in the long term. But I become the first set photographer and I just immediately start over indexing and building and cultivating relationships with people. And that manifests into kind of me climbing the ladder and eventually getting on Gary's radar, my career and transitioning from this creative uh, role to in a new business capacity, leading new business for VaynerMedia um, for, for the better part of a year and a half. And that's probably two, two and a half years into my trajectory uh, working for working that's for amazing, Gary and Media. So what, like you know, so you're, I mean, you're kind of like the top of the food chain. You know, the, Media, right? it's that's that's super amazing. There's the Vayner X machine is is massive. Yeah, it's so incredibly big. You know, in terms of all of the companies within Vayner X now, you've got. 
Gallery Media Group, which is a publisher. You've got uh, Tracer, which is a which is an ad tech platform, a SaaS service. You've got Vayner Talent and uh, Vayner Speakers, a speaking bureau and a you know a, a talent representation company. And now you've got Sasha Group, right? right? So you've got all of these companies, Vayner Sports, Vayner Sports yeah. right? So you've got all these companies that are operating within VaynerX, and we've got C-suite level executives for every one of them. I am one. Uh, head of a department at the Sasha Group. So with all respect to all of my contemporaries and colleagues at VaynerX, I think there's a lot more people that do a lot more impactful things. But in terms of the leadership team at the Sasha Group that works on the small and mid-market side, I'm a part of that. So that's amazing, man. That's some story, man. It's, uh, you know, the life's funny, right? And it's like, here's, I, you know, I, I kind of, I touched on this the other day in a conversation with somebody, but... When we decide to, to go to, you know, you, uh, you know, in, in the pursuit of becoming a doctor, you know, there's a map there, right? Right. What is that map? Yeah. I mean, listen, man, it's just, it's just a lot of schooling. There's like step by step by step, pre-med, med school, internship, residency. It's all laid out. You know, you just have to pick which road you're going to go down, mm-hmm. right? And then you had the persistence to go through that entire process. Yeah. And then what age are you when you come out the other side? Fucking old. Yes, yeah, so I was what age? Oh, 30, when I finished, uh, 31 when I started working. I've got three more years to, yeah. to, to when I get to the point where you were just like really getting started. Yeah. No, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's wild, yeah. right? So, you know, there's so many different paths that you can go down. I think mine was... I'm going to pursue a professional path, but I'm not going to close any doors in the process. So where you were like, I have one hallway and right. this is where I'm going. I was like, I've got one hallway with a hundred doors and I'm going to open up every single door on yeah. the way. And that's what ended up happening. You know, starting as a photographer, moving into a community manager role where I worked on the brand side, moving into a new business capacity, then the head of education, this evolution of my role is because of the curiosity that I had along the way. And I think it's that malleability is what kind of, you know, separated me in terms of somebody who wasn't afraid to take a plunge on an early company in different stages of it, right? Building out a production team on the Vayner Media side and being early stage as a, you know, working on production with an agency that, you know, so I, I think for, for anybody who doesn't, what's, it's amazing that you're like, I know what I want to do. Well, I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more complicated than that. Without a but, doubt. Yeah. Like, let's not discredit for a second how many people get pushed into a professional path because, you know, it's like, this is what you should do. You go down that road, you pursue it. But the fact that you did pursued endlessly to the age of 31 shows a serious commitment and mindset that a lot of people don't have. Like, yeah, it's just, it's different, man. You know, again, so for me, like, you know, for you, that's looking at that. Wow. That's cool. Like that someone could do that. It's the exact opposite for me. Like, you know, I did it. Like, what you guys do for me is like, holy shit, that's so cool. Like, you know, I mean, that's the whole degress. This is the classic, like, musicians versus athletes yeah, conversation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? No, totally. Every no. athlete wants to be a musician. Every Absolutely. musician wants to be an athlete. Right. Right? The, the pursuit of professional athletics is a single door to a single sport where you play at the highest level. Yeah. And that is like is incredibly admirable. But the creative, the songwriter, the musician who manifests their, you know, their creativity in in this way is desirable for the other side. Yeah, that's that's story of life. Man. What's great about it is that there's mutual respect for both. Yeah. But I, you know, for a second, you know, I don't think that one is easier and one is harder. That's so true. And you know, the one thing and we'll we'll probably just close with this. I think we're getting into the into the 90 minute range. Beautiful. Um, we'll go for another 90. Is, dude, I'm telling you, this is like flew right by. Um, the one thing that I learned from this, uh, the whole, that day of Media and stuff is you don't need to be unidimensional, you know? So I don't have to define myself as Dr. Mudgill, the dermatologist, right? I mean, that's 25 or 20% of my life, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a fitness enthusiast. Um, I love music. I mean, there's this, there's so many aspects that make us who we are. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of, 
your career defining you or like whatever it is in your life that you used to define you being a husband, being a wife, being divorced, being fat, being skinny, you know, it's so easy to say, okay, this is who I am. And like, that's who I'm going to be for the next 40 years. Yeah. You know, it's embracing that how we're all so multidimensional like you, like, you know, this, the story that you shared, there's so much texture and there's so many aspects to that. And you're only 28, man. Like, you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen? Like, you know, it's, and you're keeping those doors open is, is I guess my point of what I'm saying is like, you know, you're allowing yourself to be multidimensional, mm-hmm. you know, and that to me is such a beautiful thing. And, and when I say you're evolved, you know, you are evolved because everything that you've spoken today in your story and the way you describe how events in your life affected you and molded who you are is someone who is like so evolved at such a young age. And it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I really admire, man. I appreciate that more than, more than you could ever imagine. And I want to, there's two things that I want to say to end this is the first one is something I, I can't remember who said it or who I heard it from, but, um, she or he said, People want you to be a finished sentence. People want you to be a dermatologist, period. People want you to be a mother, period. As soon as we start adding things on, people become confused. Yeah. Because they don't want to spend the time to understand you and who you really are. I love that, man. So, like, for me, I'm just like, I'm never going to be a finished sentence. Ever never going to be a finished sentence and then in terms of this like evolved and evolution i think it's it's so important that like when i humans are humans and as long as we're we're you're as long as you're on the path to wanting to ask yourself more questions discover who you are who you truly are as long as you are on the path to want to surround yourself with people who also want to ask themselves those questions that's that's my belief of what an evolved human is somebody who doesn't look at the world around them and say this is it this is what i'm good with and for those people amazing like that's that's great right like but those aren't the people that i want to be jamming with like i want people that almost feel instable because they're constantly questioning the things that are going on around them and are endlessly curious to just ask more questions. So in terms of this evolution, man, I have, I have fights with my girlfriend, I eat four slices of pizza, like I get bad night's sleep, I make bad decisions, but like I'm, I'm endlessly curious and I'm not, I'm not this terrible judge of myself that um, puts myself in a position where I can't recover. I'm just, I'm just curious to figure out who I am and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it with people along the way that are good at the core and are also curious about who they want to be. I don't think there's a better way to close this podcast, my man. I can't thank you enough for making the trip out from the city. This was a, an awesome way to spend my morning, man. I really, really appreciate you. Love it, man. I don't even need to get a workout in. I feel great. <laughs> That's this is it, awesome. man. Talked it out. Awesome. All right, brother. Thanks, Doc. Dude, that was awesome, man. Amazing. I really like that. <sighs> I really enjoyed that. That was very, very cool, man. That was awesome. I really like that, man. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.